0: Father, we thank you so much for Sandy and the great work that she's doing in such a difficult part of the world. And we pray, would you just bless her and refresh her as she's with us for this season? Encourage her, strengthen her, kind of recalibrate her, everything for the next chapter you have, with, for her and her team in this region that's so strategic. We pray, Lord, you would just really accelerate the fulfillment of the Great Commission in Central Asia, and the Middle East, that whole region, in Jesus' name. And Lord, we thank you for those who work in our schools, our public schools, our private schools, those who are homeschooling. We pray, Lord, would you strengthen all of those that are working? Would you encourage them, fill them up with your spirit? Would you raise up a generation of young people that truly know you, Jesus, through it all? And Lord, we also pray for each other in this room. Would you fill all of us with your spirit and enable us, Lord, this week to make an impact for Christ? In his name we pray, and everybody says... Amen, amen. God bless you guys. You may be seated. Now, normally, I would, uh, I, sometimes I'll start a message off with, there was this guy. Now, since we have our kids in here from kindergarten, kindergarten on up in this uh, condensed service, I need to probably tell more of a dad joke, okay? So, you kids listen, you can explain it to your parents later. Okay, but there was this guy, and he was, he was at a uh, football game, and he saw one of these huge blimps flying overhead, and he thought to himself, I wonder how long it takes to fill that blimp up with air, with helium, so it could float. Well, anyways, he couldn't get that out of his mind. It's driving him crazy. How long does it take? He started doing all types of calculations, but he thought, I've got to know the exact answer. So he went ahead and made a trip to where they actually keep the blimp in in this uh, giant hangar. And he went in there hoping to speak to one of the engineers there. When he walked in and saw the blimp and saw all the different workers around it, he then looked at it and it it just hit him as he saw it. It was so obvious. How long does it take? A good year. Okay, kids, explain that to your parents later. (laughs) Now, one thing is uh, nobody wants to be in the shape of a blimp. My question to you is what kind of shape do you think God wants you to be in? I want you to think beyond the physical because actually God has shaped each one of us with a purpose in mind. And I want to talk about that, but before we do, I need to back up a little bit. And we need to answer the question, the big question, first of all, and that is, why are we here? Why do you exist? Why are you alive? Well, Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 says this. It says that all things, visible and invisible, have been created by him and for him. And the context of the passage is talking about Jesus Christ. That means that all things visible and invisible have been created by Christ and for Christ. Now, that includes us, right? All things visible and invisible. That means that you have been created by Christ for Christ. So you never have to wonder, why do I exist? You exist for the glory of Jesus Christ. That's why you and I exist. We exist for Christ, for his glory. So the second question ought to be, okay, then how do I glorify Christ? How do I do that? How do I bring him glory? Well, part of that answer for sure is by fulfilling your calling. See, you have a calling from God. See, a lot of Christians think, well, the pastor, he's called by God. And maybe the missionary has a calling on their life. But they don't think of themselves as called by God. Yet the truth is from the Bible that all believers in Christ have a calling. You have a calling. And most most believers have never been told that. Most believers have been basically taught that they are an audience, not an army. Most churches, believers have been taught file in, sit in rows, behave yourself and file out, but don't forget to give. Give. They've been taught that they're basically an audience. They've not been taught that they're an army. But you are. You have a calling from God. God has called you. So many Christians live out their lives in apathy and lethargy, and the reason they have no passion is because they have no sense of purpose. It says in the book of Proverbs that without vision the people perish, or without vision, the people are unrestrained. See, if you have no sense of purpose in your life, you have no, nothing to be passionate about, nothing to discipline yourself for. So you're just apathetic and lethargic and just functioning, when the truth is you have a calling from God. You have a clear purpose in your life. And the more that you come to grips with that, you have a clear purpose in life, the more you live life with passion passion. And you live life that's satisfying and fulfilling. In fact, God shaped you. He actually shaped your life with His purpose for your life in mind. Before an architect designs a building, he will meet meet with the person who wants the building built and ask them this question. Every good architect asks this question What will be the purpose of this building? Before the architect will determine the form of the building, he wants to know the function. Because the function of the building will determine its form. Well, before God made you and me, he already had a plan. He already knew your function. He already knew what he wanted to use you for, and he shaped you and made you for that purpose. And so the more we come to grips with this, the truth of how he shaped me then the more i can actually fulfill this this purpose he has for my life well i want to break it down a little bit and so i want to actually use the word shape as an acrostic the five letters of shape s h a p e to spell out five important things we need to understand about how god has shaped us and we have five sections here and i'm going to ask as we go along here for a volunteer for each section. So from the first section, I need someone to come up here real quick. From here, come up here quick. You're going to hold the letter, the letter S. The letter S, the first letter of the word shape. Come on up. Now, this letter, shape, a letter S stands for, who knows? Spiritual gifts. Thank you, Becky. Okay, spiritual gifts. Here's the truth. The truth is... First, First uh, Peter 4.10 says, As each one of you has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. As each one of you has received a special gift. The Bible is very clear that every Christian has at least one spiritual gift. And yet most Christians have never been taught this. 1 Corinthians 12, one, the Apostle Paul says, I would not have you be ignorant about spiritual gifts. And yet I don't know anything that the church around the world is more ignorant about than spiritual gifts. They've, most Christians have never been taught there is such a thing. They certainly have never been challenged to discover what theirs is and use it. I went through seminary. I got four years of master's in theology, and I can remember just maybe a couple conversations about spiritual gifts the whole four years. And yet it's key in the scriptures on how the body of Christ is supposed to function. I mean, you have one. What is it? It's God's empowering presence in your life that enables you to do what he called you to do. That's what spiritual gift is. God's empowering presence in your life enabling you to do what he called you to do. You have one. It's in you. Most Christians have never been taught that, but you have a spiritual gift. Now, how is this whole thing supposed to work? Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 14 through 18 talks about how the church is like a human body. Think about your human body for a moment. You've got hands and feet and eyes and ears and nose and mouth, kidney, liver. You've got all these parts. And all these parts, if they work together rightly, then the body can be very effective. But if part of the body doesn't think it's valued or doesn't think it's useful and doesn't do its part for whatever reason, then the body is hindered. I mean, what happens to the body if the kidneys say, hey, we're through cleaning up around here? Tired of it. Then you got a problem, don't you? The body's not going to be able to function like it's supposed to function. Well, this picture I want you to have in your mind is that the Apostle Paul uses to describe the church. Each of you is a part of this body. What's interesting is he goes on to say that one part of the body can't say because I'm a hand and not a foot, I'm not important. Because I'm an eye and not a mouth, I'm not important. Every part of the body is important. And the truth is my ear does not see very well. (laughs) And my nose doesn't taste the food very good. So you just go on. All the parts are needed for us to function appropriately. So you have a part. You must play your part. And so the first part of us understanding how he shaped us is spiritual gifts. You have one. You say, well, how do I discover what it is if I have one? Well, don't wait to discover what it is before you go out and start doing something for the Lord. That's not how it works. How it works is this way. You begin to love the people around you. You begin to serve. As you love and serve, you are going to kind of ricochet your way into finding out your calling and gifting. You will know what it is. There will be some things you'll do that are going to really be gratifying for you. You're going to love doing it. At the same time, people are being blessed because you do it. You're seeing these results, and you're thinking, I'm thinking I'm finding my niche. I'm finding my calling, my gifting. But you have a spiritual gift, at least one, maybe more than one. It's important that you discover what it is as you're serving and loving others and you begin to focus your ministry around how God has shaped you. So S stands for? Spiritual Spiritual gifts. I need someone from this section to hold up the H. Now H is going to stand for heart or heart passions. There are certain heart passions that you have that there are certain things that you get excited about you know, you're, you're just, you just think about them, you, this, this idea that you, you love to do these certain things, you, they, they, you're passionate for these things. There's certain heart passions we all have. There's certain things we're very interested in being involved in and some things we're not very interested in. But you have certain heart passions, certain things that you're excited about. How about this? What if, what if the whole body of Christ... Ministered in their area of heart passion with their spiritual gift. I mean, how how impactful would that be? We're just starting. We're not even finished with the words yet, shape. But you have certain heart passions. I want to do just a little kind of lab here for a moment. So close your eyes. I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to think for a moment. You just inherited. billion or you won some jackpot lottery, $10 billion. However it is, you got $10 billion and you can do now whatever you want for God. You can hire whoever you need to hire, buy whatever you need to buy, travel wherever you need to travel, but you have no limitations. So what would you do for God? What would you do for God with $10 billion? Think. If you could do anything, what would you do? Okay, go ahead and open your eyes. Some of you, got, you know, got the wheels turning. You're thinking, well, I, I'll build orphanages all over the world. Or I, I would really help, you know, get people off of drugs, and I'd build halfway houses. Or I would, all kinds of different ideas. What happens is when you take the restrictions off, is all of a sudden there's a dream in you that really is still there. Some of you maybe that some teacher squashed it, or, some, or your parent, or father or mother squashed it, or some friend, you know, told you, you know, you're crazy to think that. But there's something in you. That you'd love to do for God. And here's the truth. The truth is, faithful in little, and you'll be faithful in much. Some people think, well, I can't. I mean, I'd love to build orphanages, but I can't. I don't have the money. How about starting with a little thing? Be faithful in a little thing. How about sponsoring one orphan? He who's faithful in little, will be faithful in much. That's the principle of the kingdom. You will, God, you know, Christ will graduate you with more and more responsibility as you're faithful in the little things. But there's certain heart passions that you have. Now, in the ministry fair, when we go across, there's going to be a kind of a dream area. Because we're asking people, there's going to be a ton of ministries you can be involved in when you go across there. And, you know, you can see people in these team gray shirts and those of you, you're going to go across. And if you're not already part of a team, you can join one and get a shirt and a sticker for that team right today. But there are some people you're going to say, you know what, uh, I don't see the ministry that I really want to do over there yet. I have a certain dream, and I don't see a ministry at Grace like that. Well, we have a dream area, and I'm going to be at the area myself. And first service we had, I was over there, and I'm telling you, this right here is just the dreams from the first service of ministries that people want to consider doing. But here's the thing. You know how the ministries of Grace all started? They all started with people. We try to get people together with the same heart and passion but with different spiritual gifts, and we, and we put them in a room together. We say, we want you to pray together. We want you to brainstorm. And then we just got out of the way. And that's how all these ministries at Grace have started off. And the staff, we don't, view, we don't view our responsibility that we're supposed to come up with all the ideas and then, you know, tell the church. The staff and elders don't think that way. We realize the Holy Spirit is in each one of us. And he is bringing dreams and visions to the body of Christ. Our responsibility and leadership is to help coordinate it, to help resource it. But you have it in you already. And we want to see if we can't pull some more of these dreams together and see a new ministry start up. So if you have one of those today then come to that that dream area, there's going to be a place you can fill out your dream. I want to hear it right off the bat. I want to hear it. We're we're looking at all these dreams together. And We're going to say, okay, Lord, what do you want to birth new? Here at Grace Community Church. It's going to be a blast. Okay, so you have S stands for? And you have H? Okay, and then A stands for your abilities. I need someone from this section here to quickly come up. Abilities. You have certain abilities that nobody's moving. Somebody from this. There we go. Okay. Okay, so you have certain abilities that God wants you to use for his glory and honor here's what is amazing is that so many, there's so many people who think they use their abilities all week in the workplace or at school, and then they've been taught to, when you come to church, just kind of turn your brain off and let the pastors do all the heavy lifting around here. That's insane. I want you to think about this for a moment. You've got people that all week long got their brain turned on, they're creative, and they're being energetic. There's entrepreneurs, and then they've been taught to just come to church and turn off your brain. As opposed to bringing all those abilities, resources to the church, and make the church better for the glory of Christ. Let me give you one example. Several years ago, we built two orphanages in Mexico, and we... uh, Before we did that, just starting off, we were making these trips and kind of learning how to do certain things, but one of the men that started to come on these trips to Mexico's name was Roger, and he came along, and I learned about Roger. I learned that Roger actually had 12 patents of surgical instruments that he had done. He would go into surgery with surgeon friends of his. He'd see what they're trying to do in surgery, and then he would go and develop a new instrument. So he had a little company. His little company was bought by a bigger company. And now he's sitting at Grace Community Church, not doing anything, because he basically grew up in a church where he didn't do anything. You just behaved yourself. And so we're on a, So I invited him to come to Mexico. He comes to Mexico, and we're looking at building orphanages, and I say, hey, Raj, I want you to head up the whole project. He says, I never, I've never built an orphanage. I said, I know, but you'll figure it out. And he did, because I knew he had that that way of thinking. How do you figure stuff out? And he did, and he was very successful. But we we have all these abilities in the church, in our local church, the church around the world, that are not being used for the glory of God. And so we want to use your abilities. You have certain training, certain education, certain skills that ought to be brought to bear that the church would be better for the glory of Christ. So S stands for? H. H. A, okay, I need someone on this section right here for P. P stands for your personality type, okay? Everybody has a certain personality type. And here's the beauty of this, is the Lord wants to use you with your personality the way it is. You know, he's not, the Lord isn't saying, hey, thanks, Carol. He's not saying, hey, I want, you're an introvert, so I want you to psych up, psych it up and be an extrovert for the glory of God. He's not saying that. He wants to use you the way you are. Isn't that relieving to know? You can just be you. He he doesn't want you to be anybody else. He doesn't want you to compare yourself with anybody else. He wants you to be you for his glory with your personality intact. And there's a place for you on a ministry team being just you. You don't have to be anybody but you. Okay, so S stands for? Come on, guys. Hang with me now. We're almost done. H stands for? A stands for? P stands for? All right. E. I need someone over here for E. All right. Okay, E stands for your experiences, your life experiences. By the way, he didn't set a record. First service set a record. Luke was up here in like a half a second. So you've got to go faster, Ian. Okay, E stands for your experiences. Everyone has, has certain experiences in their life that have formed them. You know, the, the way you, the home you grew up in, the family, kind of family you grew up in, your educational experiences formed you, your relationships in your life, good and not so good, formed you. Even your painful experiences have shaped you. And God has used your life experiences to shape you in a way. That he can use you for the glory of Christ. I want you to think about this for a moment. There's even some of your most painful experiences might end up being turned into to some of your most fruitful ministry. God's a redeeming God, He can take the most painful tragedy of your life and he can somehow as he after as he brings healing in your life use that for you to be able to release ministry into somebody else's life who's going through the same thing right now i mean think about a young girl who's has an unwanted pregnancy and she's wrestling with this whole idea whether or not she should get an abortion And then along comes this older woman who had an abortion many years earlier, but she, since then, has been walking with Jesus and been healed. And now she can sit with this young lady, look her in the eyes, with tears in her eyes, and speak truth to her with power. There's no theory right there, is there? It's life. Or some guy that comes out of out of drugs after 20 years and he's sober now for the last 10 years, he's walking with Jesus, and some young guy comes in and he thinks he's really a con guy and he tries to con this old guy who's been through it all and he looks across the table and says, hey man, I know what you're up to. I know what you're doing. And it's a dead end, buddy. Let me tell you about it. Do you see how God can take these life experiences that he's used to form you and then use them for ministry? Well, here's the truth. The truth is, is that Nobody in this room and nobody online has the same shape. We all have a different combination of spiritual gifts and heart passions, abilities, a certain personality type, and the life experiences that have formed us, shaped us. And God wants to use you the way he shaped you. You know, many years ago, we went to the Pentagon for a tour, and I loved it. I just loved it. And I was was coming off of that tour of the Pentagon, I thought, why is it that I I love this tour so much? I'll tell you why it was. It was because there was such clarity. Everybody knew their job. There was unity, and there was diversity, and there was clarity. And I came away thinking, here's the church of Jesus Christ, the most important army on planet Earth, and most people don't even know their job. And there's not clarity. And there's not the unity that there ought to be unity of purpose. And so really, part of what we're doing today at this ministry fair, the whole idea is simply this. We want everybody that considers this their church home to be part of the army, not just part of the audience. We want everybody to be part of Team Grace. We want you to find Your ministry, and you're going to go over there, and it's going to be a blast. There's going to be free lunch for you. You can grab a burrito. By the way, make sure you get your kids first. Bring them with you over there. (laughs) Don't go get your kids and walk out the back. Get them and walk this way. Get you a burrito or corn dog. Walk around. You'll see all the ministries. You'll talk to people about it. And then there's the dream area where you're saying, I don't see a ministry that God's put in my heart. Come talk to me. I'm going to have you fill something out. We're going to begin to see what God wants to do in new ministries. There's music, be music. there's games for the kids. It's just going to be a fun, festive time. You don't want to walk out of here and not go there. So let me encourage you. What you'll do is you'll go to a table. Let's say you don't, you're not part of Team Grace yet. Well, you go to the table, you find a ministry you like, you get the shirt today. Just put it on right there if you want, over your clothes. And then there's stickers they're going to put on you for the different ministries because you're going to see people with different stickers for different ministries they're involved in. And put the one on that you're involved in. And realize, wait a second, I'm part of this body. I'm part of this team. And I have a purpose. And I have a calling. And then begin to serve and watch how the Lord leads and confirms and directs you more and more that you are in the place that he he designed you to be in before the world was. Now just think about that. Think about what if you could serve the Lord with your spiritual gifts and abilities in the area of your heart passion in a way that fits your personality and actually feeds off your life experiences. That is the goal for all of us. And then you'll be so motivated. No one's going to have to motivate you. You're already motivated intrinsically because you're doing what you were made to do. So we're going to close in prayer in just a moment. Before we do, you can just lay those down. Give these guys a hand for holding these up with you. And let's all stand. Again, as we as we as we close here in just a moment, if you got kids at adventureland, please go get them. And then all of us, please, please head over to the ministry fair. Enjoy it. We're going It's gonna just go one hour. It's gonna go right now. It's gonna finish promptly at one o'clock. Uh, and so get around there and really check it all out and talk to people and find your fit. Now, one thing I want to mention is you think, what if I try one and it doesn't work? Well, here's the deal. I recommend people to try more than one and call it an experiment. That way, if it doesn't work, don't say, I failed. I just realized that didn't work. That was an experiment that didn't work. I'm trying something else. But persevere. You will find it. And as we do this, we become stronger and stronger, and we give God more and more glory and honor, and we make a bigger, bigger difference in our community and around the world. And that is what we're here for. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for a church family and a, the body of Christ that really, Lord, uh, gets it, that understands that they are part of this army, that they have a calling. We pray, Lord, would you now, by the power of your spirit, sovereignly, intersect people in conversations with the place you want them to be. We're giving all this organization to you, Lord. We're trying to do something we think would be helpful. But we know, Lord, that we need you to actually do the leading in all this and the directing and the intersecting. We ask you to do it in a way that really does accomplish, Lord, the highest possible glory for your name. So we commit it all to you. We thank you for all you're going to do. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you guys. See you over there.